Yeah, so I was going to introduce myself, but I don't really need to do that, because that's already been done. I am a good guy. Um, so that's, that's great. That's my intro done. Thanks, Graham. Um, I am called Sam, as Graham also said. Uh, and it's great to be uh, together this morning. I just want to start by saying, if you're a, a guest with us today, um, I just want to welcome you, and I'd love to chat with you afterwards. Um, no pressure, though. I'm not going to chase after you if you don't want to talk to me, but I'd love just to chat with you afterwards. It'd be great just to get to know you a little bit more. As Graham said, we're going through a, a vision, uh, five weeks of vision for this next season that's coming. And so Graham's done a great start. We really felt God spoke to us about Isaiah 54 and Isaiah 55. Now, they're quite big chapters. There's a lot of context that's needed to them. And Graham, did, in week one and week two, laid some groundwork for the rest of, for the, rest of the series on Isaiah 54 and 55. Um, Graham said this before, but can we encourage you as a church to spend some time reading Isaiah 54 and Isaiah 55? We really feel God has spoken to us about this. We haven't just like plucked this out of the air and gone, oh yeah, I quite like Isaiah. Oh, let's open it. Oh, 54. It fell open on page uh, chapter 54. We didn't do anything like that. We really felt like God spoke to us and was like, I'm going to talk to you from Isaiah 54 and Isaiah 55. So can you please spend some time reading it? Um, Just... Just read over it every so often, maybe once a week if you could, just to get it in your heart about what God is saying to us. And hopefully, as you've already picked up from the last two weeks and the three weeks coming, you'll see the sort of things that we feel God has drawn out of Isaiah 54 and 55 for us for this next season. So, um, my stopwatch has gone very strange. That's okay. So, um, today, you can see it up there, today the title is Intimacy and Increase. We felt God gave us this as a kind of like a a catch line, a phrase for us for this next season. It's all about intimacy in an increase. And when I was praying about it for this week, I really felt God was saying it's the invitation and the instruction. We are an invitation intimacy from, the, from that place of intimacy, there's an instruction from him for the increase. To go. To go and make disciples of all nations. To go and be sent out to your neighbors. So really feel that is what it's all about. The intimacy, in, uh, the invitation into intimacy to the instruction to go out for the increase. But I wanted to start with a story. Um, Some of you know I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, Big cheer, because there's probably about three of us in the whole building. Um, So good, moving away from London. Uh, So I'm an Arsenal fan, and I love Arsenal. Um, When I was younger, my dad came home from work. He used to work for HSBC, and somehow he had managed to get tickets for an Arsenal-Liverpool game. It was a uh, it got postponed, so it was a, I still remember it was like a Wednesday night, so I even had the privilege of staying up late to go to a game. And so my dad came home and said to me, Sam, would you like to come to an Arsenal game? Now, obviously, I said no. No, I said, yes, of course, I would love to go to the Arsenal game. I'd love to go to Arsenal-Liverpool. Now, there was only three tickets, which is quite sad, since there's four of us, because I've got a brother. Uh, he sports Liverpool. So the sad side of this story is that he was too young to come to the game. So he never got to go to Arsenal-Liverpool. It's still a topic of debate at Christmases at our house. Um, But I was invited by my dad and my mum to Arsenal-Liverpool on a Wednesday night. I was so excited. I couldn't believe I was going to go and just watch a game at Highbury. It was amazing. So I remember getting on the train. Uh, This is how much it meant to me because it was years ago. I still remember, get on the train, go to... change tube lines, get to, get to Arsenal, 
and start walking to the ground. There's like thousands of people. And I'm like, yes, come on. This is so good. We're going to watch the best team in the world play football tonight. And that is not Liverpool. And we're going to have an amazing time. And I get there. And I'm so excited by this invitation to go to the match. I walk straight in this door. And thank, because it's from my dad's work, we had uh, seats in a box, which was amazing. I kept walking. And my dad called me back, Sam, Sam. I was like, yeah. He said, do you know who you just walked past? I was like, no, it was the guy holding the door. It's like, it was Ian Wright. You just walked past Ian Wright. He was one of my favorite players of all time, and I just walked straight past him. I ran back and spoke to him. I was like, I probably said something like Ian or Mr. Wright or something like that. And I remember the conversation. It was at the time that he was thinking of going to Chelsea, but he stayed with us, which is amazing. We had a conversation about that. So I had a moment where I could talk to him. I get to the box, and I'm blown away by this point. I got to meet Ian Wright go up to the, into the box, I sit down, there's all this really nice fancy food, and I sit down, get ready for the game. About three minutes, five minutes before the game starts, in walks Tony Adams, Steve Bold, and Alan Smith into this thing. They're three Arsenal players. I'm talking like you know all these players, but they're three Arsenal players, and they're incredible. And they walk in, and they're sitting in my box for the whole of the game. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Not only do I get to see the game... I get to meet these players and spend some time with them. We won, which was good. Only 1-0. It wasn't the greatest game in the world, if I'm honest. But we won, and that made it feel good. And I got to meet Ian Wright, Steve Boland, and Smith, Tony Adams. It was a great moment for me. Now, I want to tell you a second story about when I was, pro- I was, it was just before prom, so I was 17, 18, and I was invited to go to the Houses of Parliament. The same thing happened. My mum dad came home. They'd had a meeting with the local MP, and they'd arranged for a whole family to go to the Houses of Parliament. And I was super excited about it as well. I was like, wouldn't it be really cool? You see it on TV. I don't really, never been there before. But something happened, and I turned down the invitation to go. The rest of my family went, and they had the most amazing day. They got to go into these places that the general public don't usually get to go to, And I sat at home watching TV, and I missed out. Can you see, you probably can see where I'm going here. I had the invitation to one that I accepted, and it was the most amazing day. I had the invitation to the other that I turned down, and I missed it. I didn't get to see that. I've never been to the Houses of Parliament. Years later, still never been. And I feel that's where we are as a church. God is posing us a question right now. You're not going to lose your salvation, just like I didn't get kicked out of my family for not going to the houses of parliament. I'm not going to lose my salvation. I'm not going to lose the fact that he is my king, that I love him and he loves me and he delights in me and I delight in him. That, that doesn't change. But he's inviting us into a place of intimacy over this season. In Isaiah 55, I'm just going to read the first seven verses. They should appear on the screen. Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you have no money. Come, buy, eat, come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fair. Give ear, or in the ESV it says, incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. 
I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations to you you, do not, you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the righteous their thoughts. Let them turn to God. Let them turn to the Lord and he will pardon them. And to our God, he will freely pardon. Isn't that amazing? That verse. In the, in the first seven verses of Isaiah 55 that we feel God has spoken to us, you'll see that I've highlighted some of them in red on the screen. How many times is there an invitation from God? Come to me. It's like saying, come on, guys, come to me. Come on, Hope Church, come to me. And this is something written down in his word that we know is God-breathed because the Bible tells us. And he says, come, come, come. And it's not like this invitation has suddenly appeared from nowhere. This invitation has been there forever. But we feel as a church, God is highlighting this to us now to say, come, come to me. Come to a place of intimacy. Listen, listen to me. Come and give me your ear. Draw close to me. Seek me. Seek the Lord. It says, seek that he may be found. Call on him. And another wonderful moment. Turn to the Lord. If you're not, just a little side point, if you're not a Christian here today, I want to give you a moment. Maybe this is your moment to turn to the Lord. Maybe you've already heard things in songs this morning that has triggered some thoughts. I'd put to you that as the Holy Spirit, God himself working in your life. And he is crying out to you saying, turn to me. I will freely pardon you. I will have my mercy on you. Just turn to me. Repent, say sorry. And have me as your king. I will pardon you. What an invitation. And what an invitation for us as well who already have given our lives to God. Maybe this is a moment where God is saying, turn to me again. Say sorry and repent. But what is he really inviting us to in this moment? We see these words like come, come by, eat. All these wonderful invitations that are there. Well, I believe he's inviting us, as I've already given away, to a place of intimacy. And I think that is so amazing what we see here. We see it again, so let me read some of the verses again. 54 verse, um, we didn't read this actually, I'm going to jump to 54. 54 verse 5, for your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. When we see this invitation, it's linked to a place of intimacy of knowing God. We see in 54 verse 7, With deep compassion, I will bring you back. There's a place of coming back in compassion from God to have a moment of intimacy that he's inviting you to for eternity. We read some about what I said already, 55 verse 1. Come, all you are thirsty. Come to the waters, you have no money. Come, buy, eat, buy wine and milk without uh, without money and without cost. Come into a place where we can eat together. Then we've got... 55 verse 3, give ear, come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. 
when we see these moments of invitation in 54 and 55, they're nearly always linked to, if you, some are really obvious, some of you have to delve a tiny bit deeper, to a place of intimacy with the Father. There's, he's not just saying, come, let's, I'm, you come here and I'm gonna, you're going to do something. He's saying, come and just spend time. Come and know me. Come and know my character. Come and know who I am. And we rarely felt as a church that we were going to sum up in the word intimacy. And when you look up the word intimacy in the, di- in the dictionary, it talks about closeness and familiarity. So when God is bringing us into a place of intimacy, an invitation of intimacy, he's saying, come close, know who I am. That is beautiful, isn't it? Come close, know who I am. See, a place of closeness is where we get to know him more, his beautiful, perfect character. A place of intimacy is where we see his goodness, his faithfulness, his love, his mercy, his compassion, all these perfect characteristics of God we see in a place of intimacy. It's a place where we become more like him. um, Leia often talks to me about there's this thing that she read that you become like the five people that you spend most time with. And we talk about that quite a lot. Who are, the five, who are the five people you spend your most time with? And how are you becoming more like them in the good and the bad? Now, Graham's laughing because I spend a lot of time with Graham. Pray for me. Uh, so um, I'm becoming slowly more like Graham, and I'm, I hope he's becoming more like me. Uh, no, I'm joking, Graham. Um, but we do. Graham will rub off on me, and I'll rub off on him. Because that's what they, they did some scientific study in it. We become like the five people we spend most time with. But God is calling you into a place of intimacy. So if God becomes number one of the person you spend most time with, you'll become more like him. In fact, he promises in his word. He says, I will transform you. That is incredible. That is a promise that daily I'll become more like Christ. So when I spend time with him in a place of intimacy, I'm going to become more like him. Now, I don't know about you, but you should be really pleased that if I spend time with God, I'm going to become more like him and less like me. You might, Graham said I'm a good guy at the beginning, and he said lots of nice things, but God is way better than me. Way, way, way better. You've never questioned that, hopefully. But God is so good that you should want me, as one of your leaders, to spend time with him. I become more like him. You should want yourself to spend more time with him into a place of intimacy that you become more like him. In a place of intimacy, in closeness, we are transformed. And you see, it's all about the presence. Isn't it amazing, the presence of God? We've experienced the presence of God this morning, the Holy Spirit. God promises us that as Christians, the Holy Spirit goes with us, lives in us, guides us, helps us, comforts us, loads of different things. Because it's all about the presence and we feel God is calling us into a place where we prioritize the presence of God. Come close and know who I am. Spend time in my presence. See, if you don't know the story of the kind of overarching story of the Bible, I'm just going to pick up a bit from Genesis. Um, there was God created mankind, and they walked with him in the garden. And that symbolizes a moment of walking with someone. is a moment of intimacy, of perfect relationship. That's what it's getting at here. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, and there was perfection. There was 
perfect relationship between them. They walk together. And in fact, if you've done Bible in one year, you probably picked up on Enoch spoken about, and he was, it's an interesting story, he's kind of living, and then he was not. And they said, the reason why is because they gave the phrase, because he walked with God. It's just picking up on the same thing of Genesis, that intimacy and closeness of God is like walking with him. It's the presence but in Genesis, we see that mankind turns and rejects God by eating the fruit, and the fall happens, and there's a brokenness of relationship. And if you look at it, the presence is damaged. The, uh, Adam and Eve are thrown out of the garden, and rightfully so. We can have no complaints at all at that. We are thrown out of the garden as mankind. This cherubim comes at the front with a flaming sword, and there's a breaking of the presence. And God is like... I still love you. You still need my presence, but you've sinned. But thankfully, God's got a plan, as he always has, because he knows all things, and it's all loving and all kind. So we pick up again in the story of Genesis. Some stuff happens in Genesis, which is great. And in Exodus, we hear about uh, Moses. And then towards about 25-ish to chapter 29, we start hearing about the tabernacle. We start hearing about the Ark of the Covenant. We've got, I'm going to come and dwell with my people. It's so important that you have me dwelling with you. I'm going to come and dwell with you in this Ark of the Covenant, in this tabernacle. Because you need it. Because we need it. And he's like God saying, I'm just going to remind you how important my presence is. So they build this tabernacle. And I'm preaching later on in the year, and I'd love to talk on this a little bit more. The ornateness of the tabernacle. The ornateness of the Ark of the Covenant. How beautiful it is. How the details are so fine. Because God is so perfect, and his presence is going to dwell there. So he needs the perfection, the sanctification. It says his glory will sanctify it. And he dwells there. And he dwells there with the people. And the, uh, the Israelites would only muck up sometimes quite badly, if we're honest. They get it a little bit. Because there's a point where there's this moment between God and Moses. And God is like, you go. You go. And he's like, no. We are going nowhere unless you come with us. Because they got the importance of the presence of God. In the New Testament, we see again, in fact, Andy read the story, story to us in prayer time this morning. That there's these four friends who bring this guy on a mat to Jesus. And they know it's about the presence. And because they can't get into the room, they go onto the roof and like make this massive hole in the roof. And they lower the guy down. It's messy and it's dirty. And they, they lower the guy down on the mat just so he can be in the presence of God. Just so he can be at the feet of Jesus. You see, God is inviting us into a place of intimacy. And it's all about the presence of God. It's all about the presence You see, as a church, we've, dis- we've come up with some objectives, and objective one is this. We develop a house of prayer, a consecration, and encounter that hosts the presence of God and the supernatural. God is calling us into a place of intimacy, and so we know that we need to develop a house of prayer. We spend time with him, talking to him, and listening to him, spending time in his presence. A time of consecration, surrendering ourselves and saying, God, change me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I repent. I'm so sorry. Make me more like you. We develop a house of encounter with the living God where we see the supernatural. 
as a leadership team, as Hope Church, we are committed to seeking God's will. As a leadership team of Hope Church, we are committed to allowing space for the Holy Spirit to move. As a leadership team of the, of the Hope Church, we are committed to prayer. We are committed to repentance, and we are committed to help others repent and become more like Jesus. We are committed to believing in the power of God. We are committed to pursuing miracles, to healing, the prophetic words of knowledge, and all kinds of gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are committed to teaching and helping people grow in their lives and their gifting. We're committed to helping. You'll see some of the things I put up there already. We've got encounters planned this year already. We've got one coming up on the 28th. We're going to be starting on Mondays, a healing prayer time where we're, we're seeking the supernatural. That if, you want to, if you want a prayer for healing, you can either send stuff into myself or come along to the prayer meeting at 12.30 to 1.30 on a Monday. And we're going to just be going after healings in the presence of God saying, God, we want to seek you in the supernatural. We want to seek you in healings. Graham's already mentioned it today. We've got connect groups. Connect groups are going to do, are already doing wonderful things in these areas, and they're going to keep going, and they're going to be keeping you um, in a house of prayer and consecration and encountering God in a smaller group. We've got women's and men's ministries that are doing great things, and things are already planned for that. We've got kids' work, where we've got connect groups on a Tuesday, and they've got Sunday works um, in terms of this objective. We've got a youth group. We've got a Thursday night connect group. We've got Sunday mornings. There's so much stuff going on. We've got our teaching series on Sunday that are planned already. So the topics will line up with seeking the house of prayer, seeking God's house, because we mean what we say on this. God has spoken we want to say yes and go with it. But this is a Hope Church objective. And Hope Church is not just a leadership team. You are Hope Church. We want you to get behind this objective as well. All five of them. 55 verse 1 says this. Come all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you have no money. Come by and eat. The invitation for you, just like me, is to come. Draw close. Be involved in what we're doing at Hope Church, yes, but come as you are in your daily times of devotion. Commit some time to him every single day. Come and draw close to the king. Come and draw close. Commit your time, your money, your finance, all these different things to the work of God. That was come. Buy, it says. Invest. Be intentional. Pray to God. Spend time in his word. Repent. Another verse we didn't read today in in these chapters talk about returning away from your old ways. Be accountable. Build friendships. Invest in friendships that will help build you and walk with God. Discuss. Learn from others. Make it a, a norm to discuss godly things in your conversations. Encourage, invest in others, encourage people who are doing great things. Hey, I just thought you did a really great job at, I don't know, serving the coffee. I thought you did a really, I, I noticed you had a conversation earlier on with someone. I really want to encourage you that you stepped out in that conversation. Encourage others, invest in the kingdom by investing in others. Eat, grow and in, enjoy and grow what God has given us. Be expectant, be full of faith that God can do it. If he says he's going to do it, he can do it. Be full of faith. God can do it. There's a, uh, a prayer I prayed years ago that sometimes I'm like, God, why did I pray that? Because it scares me a little bit. But it was, God, I want to be 
content, not comfortable. And that has pushed me to my boundaries at prayer sometimes. But when I'm content in God, I'm full of faith that he can do it. I'm full of faith. So enjoy and grow. Eat was the instruction. Now, I know we haven't got loads of time left, but usually we wait for these times at the end of our our meetings. But I'm going to offer you a moment of... um, And I'm going to offer you an invitation. Are you going to say yes to the invitation of God to draw into a place of closeness, into a place of intimacy? If that is you, I'd like you to do a physical thing. I know sometimes you're like, keep your eyes down, don't do anything. Um, But if God is inviting us as a church into a place of intimacy, and if you want to say yes to his invitation, not my invitation, to a place of intimacy, I'd love you just to stand. I'm going to pray over us as a church. So if you want to say yes to to God's invitation into intimacy... Father, we just thank you that you have invited us into a place of intimacy. We thank you for Isaiah 54 and 55 and repeated times of come, come, listen, listen to me, seek me. And God, I just pray for myself and everyone here that this year, this season, we will say yes to your invitation. We commit to drawing close to you during this time. And God, if we mess up and anything times like that. God, we know that you are faithful and you are forgiven. And God, draw us in again and again to your presence. God, as a church, we commit to intimacy with you. Holy Spirit, guide us in this this season. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. Thank you. So we've got a few minutes left. Uh, just under 10, to look at, we've done the invitation, and now we're looking at the instruction of increase. So we've, we feel like as a church, from the place of intimacy, from the place of the presence of God, God is calling us to go out, calling us to go out. The invitation has come, and the command, the instruction for increase is there. You see, when we're, when we're in a place of intimacy with God, we get to know his heart, we get to know who he is and his character. And God's character and his heart is always good and it's always loving. And as I shared with some of the story of the Old Testament, his heart is for his people to dwell with him, his people to come into that closeness. So out of there, we see his heart and we become more like him. And out of that is where we go out for the increase. We don't go out thinking, wouldn't it be great if Hope Church saw 300 people saved this week so we can be a great church? No, we don't do that. We'd love to see 300 people saved. But we do it because we want him to be glorified. And his message is, come close. And his message to us is, go. Be bold. You see in Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3, it says this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your turtin, uh, your turtin, stretch. Who knows what that is? Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. See, there's commands in there. There's instructions. First one is enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge. Think bigger. If God can do all things. 
I know that I don't want to be limited by my thinking. I know I don't want to be limited by my faith levels. I want to have big faith in a big God who can do all things. Now, that doesn't mean we suddenly get an idea and we go, God has definitely said this, let's go and do it. No, we weigh up, we seek counsel and wisdom on it. But if God has spoken, we say he can do it. I will think bigger. God has called us to enlarge the place of our tent. Do not hold back. Be bold for the kingdom. Isn't that exciting, being bold for the kingdom? It's a little bit daunting as well, if we're honest. But it's really exciting. Be bold for God. Be bold. Do not hold back. Be bold. Go. Tell people. Tell your neighbor. I'm always amazed by great stories of faith. And one of my favorite stories I've ever read is Chasing the Dragon by Jackie Pullinger. She goes and she just sees so many people, so many people transform, so many people come to Jesus. It's amazing. Brother Yun in, his, in the book of the Heavenly Man, great story of faith. But then we look at our own church, the tailors in Peru, how exciting what they're doing. Great people of faith. But then I look at you guys and I hear story after story of people stepping out in faith and doing amazing things. And I want to honor you for that. And God says, keep going. I'm so proud of you, my son and daughter. You've got people like Neil Powell, who regularly comes to me and says, this week I told my neighbors about the gospel. Helen Rudd, who told her neighbors about the gospel of Jesus, and people will come to faith. We want to see, be a church where we see that regularly, where we hear stories and go, well done, you are bold in your faith. Do not hold back. Strengthen your stakes. Be rooted in him. Going out on our own strength is going to achieve minimal. Going out in the power of God, all things are possible. Strengthen your stakes for the increase. Spend time in his word. Spread out, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Very simple instruction. Go. Go. Talk to your neighbors, your friends. Talk to the the person that you encounter. Ask God to give you opportunities. And what does that mean for us as we draw to a close? We're subjective to. We become confident in praying with the lost, sharing the gospel, inviting friends, many come into faith and see his kingdom established in our community. We are committed to believing in the transforming power of God for all people. We are committed to equipping people to share the gospel in their daily lives. We are committed to running events as Hope Church that you can invite your friends to. It won't seem weird. We are committed to keeping mission in our minds. And we are committed to continuing our social action projects for his kingdom come in that way. Things like Alpha, Fair Share, women's and men's events again, hang out on a Friday night with youth, F&K and the schools work the kids work are doing, helping people being confident in sharing the gospel through connect groups and our teaching, taking the gospel to new places and spaces like the Friday, Friday prayer on the streets we're going to be starting up. And we're going to bring a friend Sundays where it's going to be a shorter service where you can bring your friend. It's going to be cool. Some of them will have breakfast and it's going to be low level. It's going to be evangelistic. Bring a friend. Do not hold back. Share. And events like Christmas and Easter. But once more as we finish, that's Hope Church. And you are Hope Church. So why don't you pray? Why don't you pray for your neighbors and friends? Why don't you pray for boldness to share his good news? Why don't you pray for those events that we're running? 
And why don't you pray that people's lives will be transformed? Why don't you speak? Why don't, why don't you be bold in sharing the gospel? Why don't you speak the transforming power of Jesus into their lives and share the gospel? Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And why don't you witness? Why don't you live for Jesus in your thoughts, your words, and your actions? Why don't you get involved in our social action product projects? Why don't you think about how you could further the kingdom of God? Think about what giftings and talents he's given you. And come and talk to us because we'd love to use them for further his kingdom. And finally, why don't you invite, why don't you invite your friends into, into safe places? Why don't you invite your friends to church? Why don't you fr- invite your friends to bring a friend Sundays? And why don't you do it expectant that God can transform lives? If you're a Christian here today, he's transformed yours. So remember, there's an invitation to intimacy. Will you say yes? And out of that intimacy comes the increase. Will you follow the instruction?